Hello and welcome to the special edition of the Gen Europe podcast. In this series, we interview people who've been to the latest Gen gathering in Anandagori in Denmark. We hear from people who've been the first time to a gathering. We hear from long-termers. We will interview people who uh, hold a position within the network and for people who are just curious about what's happening in the European community scene. My name is Stefan, Stefan Emmerich, and I do live in communities for quite a while now. I'm also serving as a council member for the Gen Europe board, and I'm really happy to be able to host this podcast series. Hope you enjoy it. And if you like it, it would be a real pleasure to see you at our next gathering 2023 in the nature community in Germany. So, hello everybody and welcome to the new episode of our Gen Europe Gathering podcast. I have the big pleasure today to interview Camilla from Denmark. Camilla, thanks very much for showing up and uh, maybe you can introduce yourself. We know each other for quite a while, but uh, you know much more about yourself than I do. Yes, thank you, Stefan. Uh, yes, my name is Camilla Nielsen-Ingwist. I live in Denmark, yes, in an eco-village called Hellingedile. I also serve in the in the Løs board, the Danish Association of Eco-Villages. And I think I can say that Denmark is a quite, I mean, a fairly small country. And I, I think I've been to all the eco-villages in Denmark, like 35, and quite a lot of our communities, co-housing projects as well. So I'm quite, uh, how can I say, well, well into the scene here in Denmark when it comes to these things. And I am so proud that we this, this year had the Gen Gathering in Denmark. Yeah, it was a fantastic gathering. I mean, you had to play with a lot of like uncertainties and and uh, short term changes, but I think it uh, it's a fantastic festival. So, what is interesting for you to organize a festival? I mean, why do we have a festival, a Gen festival in Denmark anyway? It's a lot of work. Uh, what what made you interested in applying for uh, like hosting it? Hmm. I think. From the beginning, we've been quite overwhelmed that all these hundreds of people would really travel all the way to Denmark to our small, expensive, not always good weather kind of country. Um, but I think many people come here to Denmark because we do have so many eco-villages and communities around. And I think we are proud also here in the Danish Association to welcome all these people and to show also a little bit of the diversity of eco-villages, like having a a spiritual place like an in the gallery to, to host uh, a gen gathering where people came from all over the world. I think that was, um, yeah, it was a success in many ways, but I think also in Denmark, in the Danish scene, to show that a spiritual place like this can actually take a position like that as a host for an international gathering like this, I think that has been quite um, strong for us as a network. Do you have an idea why there are so many eco-villages in Denmark? I mean, it's really outstanding. I, I think you were mentioning 35 eco-villages you are aware of, and then there are probably some more like spiritual eco-villages or uh, projects which are not part of the network. Why is this the case? In Denmark, we have a very proud co-housing tradition, cooperative uh, tradition also. So I think in Denmark, it's it, it feels very natural that we go together and arrange uh, these kind of uh, things together also co-living uh, spaces. 
And therefore, I mean, a, a very like a direct line came from, from first like living in collectives and living in co-housing projects and then the eco-villages. So I think in Denmark, it's a, it's a natural way. If you ask uh, uh, many Danish people, do you know anyone living in an eco-village or in a co-housing project? Most people will say yes. I mean, it has also been in the media and so on. We are a small country. So I think we have a, a, a very strong Danish cultural tradition for living together in cooperatives or kind of community. Um, and in that sense, I think we also have um, kind of an enabling environment here. I mean, there's a lot of goodwill. There's okay. a lot of goodwill from the side of the municipalities and so on to 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 have eco-villages and co-housing projects. Um So it's not seen nowadays as something that is really like a radical step away from mainstream. It's more like, whoa, these eco-villages are really just following the thread of living a more sustainable life. I, I was really wondering, is there still this like, attitudes towards eco-villagers are all kind of freaky hippie type of people or is it like really i don't want to see say mainstream but is, is it really accepted in the danish society i think when people <clears throat> from all over the world come to visit denmark they'll find out that their eco-villages our eco-villages are quite mainstream they are inhabited by people who have maybe full-time jobs even And they take maybe a car to go somewhere <laughs> uh, and work. Whereas in eco-villages in other parts of the world, when you establish an eco-village and want to live in it, many people try to give up like full-time jobs and, and these kind of things. In Denmark, I don't think people actually give up much for living in an eco-village. They continue their life, but they do it in a much more eco-friendly and community-oriented way. And I think that's uh, that's what adds to our like more mainstream uh, way of of having eco villages uh, here in in Denmark, and it contributes to the okay. general perception of eco villages not to be so weird and strange, but rather like hmm, those are some of the pioneers who went ahead a little before everybody else uh, to live a more sustainable life. So. When uh, many tourists who come to, to Denmark go or travel to Copenhagen and then they visit like one of the eco-village settlements called Christiania and and they're often uh, well, are confronted with a place where you can buy drugs and which is kind of very liberal. Uh, so I, I think there are a lot of prejudices, but also maybe uh, some sort of truth. Is this like the normal eco-villages? <laughs> Uh, is, this, is this like a normal eco-village or is this like an exception? I think out of uh, 35 eco-villages, maybe we will have eight of them who are exceptions, <laughs> like something like Christiania, but also in Andagauri. I mean, the place where we hosted the gathering this year, I mean, we have monks in orange dresses walking around. There's no meat, there's no alcohol, there's, I mean, and these kind of things. So, of course, that is a way out of mainstream life. Um, so we have those as well. And I think that's, again, I mean, um, sharing the diversity of eco-villages is possible in Denmark. Even if you come for only a week, within an hour, you can reach four other eco-villages. And I think that's what many people also did when they came to Denmark. Like there was the ICA conference right after um, the gen gathering, and they organized both a, a pre and a post tour visiting different kind of eco-villages. 
so I think a lot of people joined that. And I can say personally from <laughs> my side that just after the gathering, I think we had like seven people from the gathering who came to, to my own eco village just to try and be there for a few days after the gathering. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, this is really outstanding to see the, the uh, great tolerance in, in Denmark towards like different ways of living. You, you said, okay, it is sort of accepted in society, but yes, you have places like Christiania. And on the other side, you have places like Anandagori, which is a very spiritual place. And I think a lot of uh, communities right in the middle, uh, you already mentioned it's, it's sort of a normal living, but in a, in a co-housing style. What, Now, now we've been with a gathering, we've been to this more spiritual community and they were very, very open, very inviting. Uh, it had nothing to do with like one specific religion. I mean, they, they have their tradition, but they were very open to each and everybody else. Uh, what made this festival or this gathering special for yourself? Hmm. I think I have been coming to Anandagari for the last 20 years. When it started out more like an ashram, a spiritual place, and then they started to really add the permaculture and community inspiration. So they started a different place, and today they are uh, living as a community with people from all over the world coming to not only seek a spiritual path, uh, but also to explore what is community life. What is permacultural life and these kind of things. So a spiritual place like that, that grew into the eco-village tradition somehow. They've been taking part in our eco-village design education courses. They've been taking part actively in our circles in the National Association. They've had uh, European Solidarity Corps volunteers. I mean, they're very well grounded in the Danish network, I would say. Even many people, like mainstream people in Denmark, would say that it's a weird, strange, spiritual place. I think they have really, I mean, they have really positioned themselves in the Danish network, also as a place that can actually host. I mean, I remember when we went uh, to ask Ananda Gauri, can you host this gen gathering? They just looked at us with these mildly smiles uh, and say, yeah, we can do that. Um, and everything will be possible if you just like put the right intention into it. And I think they, they really proved that they could do that. I mean, they are used to a lot of voluntary effort. And that's also what they showed uh, at this uh, gathering that um, together we could make it. And I think it gave a very special vibration to this year's gathering after a few years of COVID cancellations that we could meet in such a spiritual place and somehow, yeah, be together in an ambience of spirituality and kindness and care, um, hope, uh, a whole lot of different feelings. I think it, in many ways it was a perfect place um, to be hosted uh, as a gen community for this year's gathering. Yeah, I totally can second what you were saying. I think it was really, it was a special place. And to me, there was this like really special flavor of Ananda Gaori. And that's probably what I like at these, uh, participating at these gatherings here. You're, you're probably not a normal visitor at a spiritual community, but it, it gives you a new idea. It gives you a new, new flavor, a new taste. And, and you come back with a lot of inspiration to your own place where you're living. Um, In, in the very beginning of this interview, you told me about the 
amount of communities you have in Denmark. And you also said you're a member of Lös. Was this gathering something special for the network? Was there, did it support the network in, in, in some ways or was it only a burden? And I mean, you, you invited us, you were the host, so you had a lot of extra work. But uh, yeah, I, I'm wondering, uh, is there something you as a network took out of this gathering? I think as a network, we have uh, attracted some new volunteers who found it interesting to take part in arranging and holding such a big event. We don't normally make events in Denmark with so many people as this one, so many international people. So definitely um, having new volunteers coming, also having like more random visitors attending because it was close by. We would have liked more Danish people to attend actually, but that maybe didn't happen as much as we had wanted. I think I can also say that uh, in Lewis we have a, a magazine that uh, comes out a few times a year that goes to, around to a lot of different people. Um, and this this uh, time we, we made the magazine about international relations and Danish eco-villages. And of course, the gathering took a lot of space in the magazine. Not only the gathering, but also the exact conference afterwards, the building festival that also took place and attracted quite a few international participants as well, who simply came to build together for a week, uh, tiny houses and whatever. So those international events have really flavored the Danish summer this year, that we've had a lot of uh, interested people coming from all over the world um, to be in Denmark. And I think... Uh, We have had the pleasure, I would say, to have many of our eco-villages really opening their doors for all these people, both in the pre- and the post-tour, um, where a lot of people came around and visited like four eco-villages in a day. That's possible in Denmark. <laughs> uh, so in many, in many ways, I think the international presence this summer has flavored um, our network activities quite a lot, I would say, both at the, the actual uh, events, but also further on, like writing this magazine about the international events and why it's important to have these international, not only events, but the network that we are in. And I think I can say also that, the, I mean, the, the fact that we had uh, 25 Ukrainian volunteers coming, Denmark has a very solid and strong and long-term relation with Gen Ukraine. So the fact that we had uh, all these Ukrainians here to be part of hosting Uh, the conference or the gathering together with, with Lewis and Gen Europe, I think that was quite amazing. And that has really, how can I say, created more bonding and personal relations between uh, Lewis as a Danish network and, and Gen Ukraine. And after the gathering, they all came to, to Hellingville, to my eco-village, to also relax a little bit after this uh, big gathering. Uh, and during that time also, we, we made also some plans of how to continue our work together in, in, in Ukraine and so on. So I think to have not only the whole international crowd, but also such a strong representation from Gen Ukraine also really has uh, left some marks here. Oh, that's really good to hear. When we speak about people from Ukraine, uh, as far as I know, there are quite a few Ukrainian refugees currently living in communities in Denmark. Is this correct? It's very correct. Like from the very beginning, we had quite a few uh, Ukrainians who connected uh, to Danish eco-villages immediately because we have had uh, Gen Ukraine members coming for trainings, courses, visits over the last uh, five years. 
So for many of them, Denmark was actually a place away from home that they could say, okay, I can go there. So what we did was that we started to 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 coordinate uh, and so that not everybody was in one eco-village, but that we sent them around a little bit to different eco-villages. And as we are still kind of close to each other, we could still cooperate and visit each other and so on, even though they were different places. So that when we could run uh, shared activities here in Denmark, we could like gather Ukrainian people from like four or five different eco-villages who together could be collecting food one Saturday around my eco-village, stuff like that. That's really great to hear. Um, I, I'm sure we're going to have another podcast, uh, especially about the situation in, in Ukraine. My last question for today is, um, was there media attendance and attention when it came to the gathering? Or was there any reaction from the public? Or is it like still something which is happening in some sort of a bubble? <laughs> I think I can say that, unfortunately, we go a little bit under the radar. I mean, that so many ecologist people would be uh, gathered together <laughs> somewhere in the very outskirts of Denmark, it didn't really catch any attention, uh, unfortunately. So, I mean, that, that, that didn't happen. But still, I think, I mean, now even when the magazine came out, I mean, we sent this magazine to, for instance, all our political parties in Denmark, to municipalities and so on. And now they will know that we had a gen gathering this year in Denmark. And I think... Uh, Even they were not there present and even they didn't know about it, I think all the receivers of this magazine, they will still feel some pride that the whole of the world visited Denmark this summer. Yeah, thanks also for sharing that. So at the end, what was your like most positive aspect of the gathering? Something you remember the best, something you can share with us? Well, I think what is so unique and essential about the gatherings is not like the workshops, the, the keynote speakers and so on. It's what's happening in the breaks, what happened when you dine together with people, old friends, but also new friends. Uh, and I think that's the power of the gathering. And also this year, uh, being at, in my own uh, home <laughs> in Denmark and as in, in the gallery, but meeting people who very obviously embraced the, the vibe at Anandagari and sitting with them, chanting, saying, Baba Nam Kevalam, uh, which is <laughs> the mantra of Anandagari with new people. I think that was strong, but essentially the breaks, the conversations uh, going on uh, in the unofficial parts of the program, I think that has been, um, again, uh, one of the most powerful uh, sites of the gathering for me. Yeah, so I cherish that in my heart. Uh, many of these meetings and conversations with both new and old friends, uh, and I think that's what makes the gen gathering very powerful as a place where we together feel the hope and the courage and the ambition also for how we can create a different world together. Camilla, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, I will make sure that uh, the website link to the Lewis network uh, will be found in the in the show notes as well as uh, obviously the uh, the website link to a gen europe website and to the next gathering um, i really thank you for all the work you're doing you already mentioned you were working for gen for the community yeah you know, scene for the last 20 years or so um, 
Maybe last aspect, which might be interesting to listeners. When I want to visit a community in Denmark, what's the best way to, to go? The best way is to contact Luz, the National Association, because we know our members. And uh, depending on the interest of the people coming, we can connect you. And that's what normally happens here. Like if one community hosts a volunteer or a researcher or whatever, then the person will most possibly jump to the other equivalent because of personal contacts and because of the short distances. So yes, we are quite tight connected here and uh, we know each other well. So just uh, hit on us and uh, you're most welcome. Oh, thank you very much for this offer. And uh, thanks a lot to small and beautiful Denmark with so many communities. I think it's a, it's a record in Europe compared to the size of the country, the amount of uh, eco-villages and, and co-housing projects you're hosting. Thank you very much, Camilla. And uh, yeah, to all of you listening, hope you got inspired and we see each other on the next Gen Europe gathering 2023 in the nature community in Germany. Bye-bye. I truly hope that you liked this podcast. If you want to get more information about Gen Europe, please visit our website under gen-europe.org or just come to our next Gen Europe gathering, which will take place 2023 in early July in Nature Community in Germany. Looking very much forward to meet you there. Bye-bye.